0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Suzy Ann. And this is your host, Suzy Ann. Thank you for tuning in. Now we're going to go into part two of the marriage and baptism series. Here we analyze mate choice and its importance and how we go about choosing a mate. So, what is mate choice? It's pretty straightforward, choosing a mate. It is important to weigh our options because marriage is a one-time thing. Despite of what many churches may say, Marriage is a one-time thing, you choose someone to stay with forever until you die. So because of how serious forever is, we have to be careful of how we go about choosing a mate and more importantly we have to be careful that we're not inviting Satan into our lives. A lot of the problems that we have is because we don't take enough time to scope out all the potentials and choose someone. We we tend to rush into things and we tend to look past some things that we should really be looking at. So what I'm going to get into right now is what nature says about choosing a mate and how it actually relates to choosing a mate spiritually because the kingdom up there actually reflects the kingdom down here and even though we want to go against the rules it doesn't change the order of how things are supposed to happen. So let's get into it. Okay, so let me read a little here. It says here that the act of being choosy was likely selected for as a way to assess whether or not a potential partner's contribution or contributions would be capable of producing and or Maintaining the viability of an offspring. Utilizing these behaviors usually result in two types of benefits to the individual who is being choosy. Direct benefits increase the fitness of the choosy sex through direct material advantages or resources. These benefits include but are not limited to increased territory quality. Increased parental care and protection from predators there is much support for maintenance of mate choice by direct benefits and this approach offers the least controversial model to explain discriminate mating indirect benefits which is another side increase genetic fitness for the offspring and thereby increase the parents inclusive fitness When it appears that the choosy sex does not receive direct benefits from his or her mate, indirect benefits may be the payoff for being selective. These indirect benefits may include high quality genes for their offspring known as adaptive indirect benefits or genes that make their offspring more attractive known as arbitrary indirect benefits so as of 2018 five proposed mechanisms address the evolution of mate choice but i will only cite two which is direct phenotype typing benefits and indicator traits now it might sound like a, a just a lot of mumbo jumbo but after reading i'm gonna get into it and explain it more to you so direct Phenotype benefits. A choosing mate tends to have preferences for certain types of traits, also known as phenotypes, which would benefit them to have in a potential partner. These traits must be reliable and accommodative of something that directly benefits the choosy partner in some way. Having a mating preference is advantageous. In this situation, because it directly affects reproductive fitness, direct benefits are widespread and empirical studies provide evidence for this mechanism of evolution. One example of a sexually selected trait which directly benefits is the bright plumage of a northern cardinal a common backyard bird in the eastern United States. Male northern cardinal, cardinals <laughs> I said that, have conspicuous red feathers, with the females having a more cryptic coloration. In this example, the females are the choosy sex and will use male plumage brightness as a signal when picking a mate. Research suggests that males with brighter plumage feed their young more frequently than males with duller plumage, this increase help in caring for the young and it lifts some burden from the mother so that she can raise more offspring than she could without help. Though this particular mechanism operates on the premise that all phenotypes must communicate something that benefits that choosy mate directly, such selected phenotypes can also have additional indirect benefits for the mother. By benefiting the offspring now I don't want to bore you so I'm not gonna read everything but it's not that long so I'm just just give me a few more minutes so the example for um, the additional indirect benefits for the mother is um, with the increased help in feeding their young seen in the northern cardinals with more plumage brightness comes an increase in the overall amount of food that is likely to be given to the offspring even if the mother has more children though females may choose this trait with the presumed directly advantageous aim of allowing them more time and energy to allocate to produce more offspring it also benefits offspring in that two parents provide food instead of one thereby increasing the likelihood of the overall amount of food available to the offspring despite a possible increase in the amount of offspring siblings. So moving on to indicator traits, remember there's two. There are direct phenotypic benefits and there are indicator traits. Now indicator traits signal good overall quality of the individual. Traits perceived as attractive must reliably indicate broad genetic quality in order for selection to favor them, and for preference to evolve. This is an example of indirect genetic benefits received by the choosy sex because mating with such individuals will result in high-quality offspring. The indicated traits hypothesis is split into three highly related subtopics. The handicap theory of sexual selection, the good genes hypothesis, and the Hamilton-Zook hypothesis. Whatever that is. Oh, there it is. Calm me down. People rate the importance of certain traits differently when referring to their own or to others' ideal long-term partners. Research suggests that women consider traits indicating genetic fitness as more important for their own partner, while prioritizing traits that provide benefits to others for their sister's ideal partner. Indicator traits are condition-dependent and have associated costs. Therefore, individuals which can handle these costs should be desired by the choosy sex for their superior genetic quality this is known as the handicap theory of sexual selection the good genes hypothesis states that the choosy sex will mate with individuals who possess traits that signify overall genetic quality in doing so they gain an evolutionary advantage for their offspring through indirect benefit and last but not least the hamilton zook hypothesis Posits that equal that sexual ornaments are indicators of parasite and disease resistance. To test this hypothesis, red jungle fowl males were infected with a parasitic roundworm and monitored for growth and developmental changes. Female preference was also evaluated. The researchers found that parasites affected the development and final appearance of ornamental traits, and the females preferred males who were not infected. This supports the idea that parasites are an important factor in sexual selection and mate choice. And it also points out that we don't want sick people to be with. So, one of the many examples of indicated traits is the condition-dependent patch of red feathers around the face and shoulders of the male house finch. This patch varies in brightness among individuals because the pigments that produce the red color are limited in the environment. Thus, males who have a high quality diet will have brighter red plumage, again with the plumage. In a manipulation experiment, female house finches were shown to prefer males with brighter red patches. Also, males with natural brighter patches proved better fathers and exhibited higher Offspring feeding rates than duller males. This study is heavily cited in the literature, and it provides solid support for indicator traits hypothesis that is associated with direct benefits. So, thank you for all who are still listening until now. That was the the runoff, and now I'm about to explain all the gibberish that I just read. Now, basically, what these research notes are saying about animals are are about animals. But the same system that governs these animals is the same systematic courting system for us. If we want to have a spouse, which, you know, most likely we're going to have children in the future. Yeah, that is something to think about. The law of nature is a universal law. Now, Elohim says that he is the add-on and he changes not. So we can't change what nature is. We try to, and it doesn't work out for us. And all I see around me right now are struggling marriages. They try to put the best out there, and yet we wonder as to why... Our youth nowadays are not so happy about the idea of marriage because we haven't proven to them that it can actually work. So, some of the main points that we picked up um, after reading that are that one males did the courting and two males built homes to attract females. Three. Females were exclusive, sceptic, and objective in choosing partners. 4. Females fully prepared for their offspring. 5. Females saw their eggs as precious. 6. A male's health is very important to the female, especially where a future child is concerned. 7. Females require for a male to be able to parent and provide for the offspring. 8. Females need proof of provision from the male. Now, understand that when I look at this and I look at the world now, I see people really selling themselves short. Because if animals can be this objective in choosing a mate, and we who are supposed to be the, 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 the human beings that are dominating the whole earth, we were given dominance over this whole earth by Yahuwah Himself, and we are supposed to be of higher intelligence, and somehow, We rank the lowest when looking for mates. And what I'm looking at here are basic principles. Because these things, I've actually seen people in the Bible doing things like this. Males doing the courting. Males building homes to attract females. And and maybe they don't use the homes to attract females but they build the homes to prepare for the female and females were exclusive skeptic and objective in choosing partners i remember this this happened many years ago and it still happens rarely today so I'm not going to count everybody out. It still does happen, but it's a rare sight. So, thank you for all the exclusive women out there that are skeptic and objective in choosing partners. Females were fully prepared for their offspring. And this is something that people do not pay attention to. I should not be just depending on the other person, I should also be preparing myself. Preparing myself mentally, preparing myself physically, you know. Make sure my diet is a good diet. And any bad habits that I have, I should throw down. And I also, if I can, which I, I should be able to, in some way, prepare myself with some sustenance. Whether it's, you know, in making money or something but not just you know think about solely depending on the male I prepare for my offspring in case anything happens on the male side we should be able to balance each other out and um, females saw their eggs as precious this again where I don't see it very much nowadays people have babies with anybody and they just you know just Drop them out One behind the other It's it's like there's a, It's like they're a factory Or something And, and these are not real Human beings uh, Also It talks about a male's health Being very important to the female Especially where a future child is concerned I have to point this out that it is important for us to check up on our health when we are courting check up on our own physical health and also check on the other person's physical health i hate these things where um we have medical issues and we don't tell the other person until after they're married to us and then now they're stuck with us Here's the problem with that. The person will turn around and hate you. And don't think that the marriage is going to keep them. They're tied to you. They will leave you. Okay? And this, again, if we're in church, it will lead them to leave church. You are destroying a soul if you decide to hide very important information about your health from the other person and this is not just about men this is also about women please make sure everything is fine and this is not just about um this is about selflessness because a lot of us i know i know that we are lonely you know and sometimes we really like the person and we don't want anything to come between we don't want anything to mess it up and, but I'm just saying if I care about somebody right? I would like to know I'm, I'm using myself as an example I want to know if I'm able to have children and if I'm not able to have children I want to know that before if, if, I, I, if there's like a chance that I may not be able to do that you know and I want to test myself go to the doctor and do all those screenings and let the person know because I'm serious about them and if they are serious about me if they're meant for me they'll stay with me because it doesn't make any sense we lie because they're not gonna stay they're not going to be supportive even if they do stay they're gonna add stress to you more than the stress that you have already and we need people who can support us, and we can support them. So let's understand this, that the, the standard for courting has fallen, sadly. The Bible says in St. Matthew 7 verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. If we love Elohim, we must love ourselves. And that means we must only look to attach ourselves to good things and people. The dogs mentioned here are not the four-legged furry friends we know. But in actuality, they're unbelievers, as it outlines in Revelation 22, verses 15, where it says, For without our dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and make it a lie. So we must know what that means. In many countries in the past, some still in the present, parents chose mates for their children, and so that they can try as best to achieve happiness and prosperity for their child. The things that were looked for in order for a marriage to be successful for both families were, firstly, good social standing. No one wants a near-do-well in their family. So a good reputation was very important. A good reputation meant also access to connections. When you have a good reputation people want to do stuff for you you get to you know call in favors however on the flip side of that on the flip side of that there is well let's say if you don't have a good reputation uh, and there's not a lot of people that want to be friends with you or do things for you and if you say you're a husband or a wife and people know that this person is this person's husband or this person's wife they'll avoid you too so yeah we don't want that for our children or even for ourselves secondly a dory i personally do not believe in families paying other families for their children neither do i believe that you know The son or daughter-in-law is exonerated from, you know, the responsibility of the parent, our parents. However, I believe in the concept of it, you know, where people need to be bringing stuff to the table. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to be bringing stuff to the table. I I don't condone the romance stories where people don't have anything but they're already looking for a wife. No, you go look a life before you go look for a wife, okay? Make something of yourself. Learn to love yourself first. Put yourself in a position where you can offer something to someone else. Okay? So. Chastity would be the next one here. This was mostly expected from the female's side, which I highly disagree on because... Elohim is equal in all his ways, including his laws on fornication and adultery. If you're no longer a virgin, then at least Elohim expects you to stay celibate. At least until you're married. If you can't be disciplined, don't marry. Go fix your discipline problem. Because that's just bringing your problem to another person. And that's just selfish. Selfish. Uh, The other one here is good deportment. Mothers especially look for potential sons and daughters in law to carry themselves well. The person's deportment will attribute to their social standing. Having good manners, good hygiene, alongside wearing proper clothes can be a telltale sign of upbringing faith, intelligence, and wealth. So you look good and you're clean. That's a telltale sign of good upbringing. (laughs) I know it can also be a telltale sign of something else, but let's stay on the positive side here. Good hygiene is good, doesn't matter who is doing it. Skills. So, skills were mostly expected on the woman's side, again, with society being very unfair. In reality, both women and men need to know how to take care of themselves. So if one is sick and there is a vow, we say, In sickness and in health. If I can cook, you should be able to cook today. You know? Half and half. If you didn't know how to do it when you came, I can teach you. If you don't want to learn, then we are not going to be married. I'm just saying. You have to know to cook something. Even if it's just one dish. Something to fill in when I'm not around. And the other point is intelligence. Now, intelligence means that you can't Enter a relationship without wanting to learn more. It doesn't make sense. Both of us must be level headed and responsible as well as contribute something to the spouse that the spouse doesn't have. So, I am not for, again, I don't have any education. You have education. Both of us should have education. If you don't have education and you want to elevate yourself, then that's another story all in itself, you know? But don't be okay with it. If you're okay without knowing how to read and write and all those stuff, uh, You are not mature enough to marry another adult. You're still a child. Learning, or let me say better, knowledge is power. The Bible says to study to show ourselves approved. So that is a must. Faith. Now, this is important. Because it will speak to the spouse's upbringing or it will reveal how the marriage will go and how their future child will be brought up. Whether people fully understand this or not, most families are not harmonious because of the variance in religious belief. And I'm so tired of seeing people that uh, come from two different faiths. But then again, both of them are lukewarm or they wouldn't be here. But they're from two different churches. Yes, both of us are serving God, but we're from two different churches, so here's the problem. There is a variance in beliefs, and now we're fighting over where the child will be brought up. Or we're gonna try to do a mixer. All we're doing is confusing the child. This thing should have been resolved way before we were married. We have to be rooted and grounded in whatever we believe in. And the person that is going to join us has to be rooted and grounded as well. In the same thing, the Bible said, be of one mind. So don't let anybody tell you that it is okay if you do not go to the same church. Unless this person shares all the same beliefs that you do and it's probably just sitting in there because they don't have anywhere else to go but once they share that church's beliefs and you don't agree with that church's beliefs but you have some other sets then that's a big no no if after reasoning it out it still not going anywhere we're still holding on to our individual beliefs then that is not oneness that cannot lead to a good marriage nor can it lead to good parenting so That idea right there needs to be abandoned. Health. No loving, responsible parent wants to marry their child to a terminally ill person. Age and health is important to people. Parents want women for their sons that are young, which is another misconception in society. And healthy enough to accompany them through life as well as have healthy children and vice versa for men. And no, we're not expecting men to have children but yeah some well we do know of um low sperm count so that's that's another thing too so both of them have to be healthy to do that we allow people to marry for happiness not death and burdens and this is why i said we should really be honest about our health condition and check it out if we don't know it's important let people choose what they want to deal with okay so lastly, there's filial piety. This is the one that has broken down several... severely, sorry, over the years because of the increase of rebellion in young people. High levels of disrespect in elders and high levels of covetousness in parents. However, it wasn't always this bad. It's simply about having respect, you know? Not perfunctionary, but Real to one's parents on both sides as well as showing that you care for them and vice versa honestly if i should somehow die before my mother elohim forbid we would i would hope to both of us die at the same time i was just saying i would love to know that i have a husband that would take care of her when i am gone and that she would treat him as her beloved son so that's important to me. Family is very important to me, and it should be important to you. I mean, if if we're gonna take somebody towards, unless we're orphans or or something, we would really like for them to, you know, be able to get along with our family, whoever our family is, because family doesn't necessarily mean blood. But my my friends are like family to me I want them to get along with them so those are the requirements nowadays we don't let our parents choose for us or even help in the choosing at least for the western side of the world however Elohim says that we should obey our parents in him so our marriages are also under the mandate of the Adon so our parents should be included Parents have a requirement, though. If they really are to instruct their child about marriage, they must do it according to the word of Elohim. Or the child has permission not to listen to our advice. Let the Ruach Hakodesh choose for us because only the Spirit can search the hearts and discern between good and evil. So I'm going to stop here for this week and I'm going to do the other part of mate choice in the other podcasts so we can elaborate more on what we should be looking for in a mate and what we should be avoiding in choosing a mate. Thank you for listening again and you stay blessed. To check out more of my stuff or to contact me you can reach me at Facebook at little space kaleidoscope space girl or on instagram at little underscore kaleidoscope underscore girl or on wattpad at kaleidoscope the pen or on my blog on wordpress at little kaleidoscope girl with no spaces thank you for tuning in